Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday, Andrew. Middle of the week. It is. It's that day. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it sure is. Come so, on. Psalm 50. Say, say it with me. I'm not going to say, say it. Say it with me. <laughs> You go ahead. You go ahead. It's hump day. <laughs> it is the middle of the week. It's the camel. All right. We're in Psalm 52, though, <laughs> as we as we move along. I, I imagine we'll still have that in season three, though, right? We'll be in Matthew, and we'll still have to say that about Wednesday. Um, Psalm 52, next week, bonus episodes. That's Psalm 53, right. we've got like an extra magic year, uh, magic week of the year. Bonus. So, but, uh, but first full new, week of yeah. September, we're going to start season three season in three. the Gospel of Matthew. But today, I am reading from the New Living Translation, Psalm 52. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time Doeg the Edomite said to Saul, David has gone to see Ahimelech. Why do you boast about your crimes, great warrior? Don't you realize God's justice continues forever? All day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good and lies more than truth. You love to destroy others with your words, you liar. But God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will trust in your good name in the presence of your faithful people. Does this psalm hit you as a bit of a prophecy? I just realized, or it occurs to me as we're reading through this again, that given the uh, setting we've talked about, you can go back and read it in 1 Samuel chapter 22, where Doag, after giving up this information on King David, then is charged by Saul to take the sword to Ahimelech, as well as the other Levites. He's killed all these people, Mm -hmm. right? And so David's aware of all this, Mm -hmm. and what he says is, judgment's coming on the man. It's yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Coming. You know that really could, comes could, out. Could that maybe even go into the column of maybe this is about Saul even more than than Doeg? You know, I, I mean, I I still tend to think it's about Saul, but I guess I could still see it. If it, I guess it would depend on how much of Abiathar's report to David tells him information about Doeg that we just don't have. Hmm. I think, and I that's probably why I tend to think towards Saul, just because we have so much more about Saul. We know about Saul's lies, his false accusations, his conspiracies. We know that 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 of course these priests, while Doeg was the one who killed them, it was because Saul commanded it. Yes, he did, and he commanded it, and some of his soldiers would not obey that order. There's so much of this psalm that if it applies to Doeg, is going to be based on things that have not been revealed to us. Okay. About Doeg. That's not to say David didn't know some things, that he didn't know about some boasting, that Abiathar wasn't letting him know, here's what Doeg has been saying, or that he heard from another report that here's the kind of things that have been going on since Doeg performed this sin and killed all these people. So, but but here's what you well, said. A minute. I said prophecy, and, yeah. and, and because when you look at verses 5 through 7, judgment is coming. 
you know, to, to give it, you know, to give away the the story, Saul does come to a grisly and gruesome end eventually. And we see that. We don't actually see that for Doeg. No, we don't know what happened. We just have with to Doeg. assume it happens. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I'm saying, do we have prophecy here that for what you have done on this day and now I know about it, God will judge you. Mm-hmm. I listen, I think that's it. it. Even if it's not prophecy, even if it's even if it's just David saying, I, I know how God works. Mm. I know how God works, so I believe this is what's going to happen. Uh, we still have the principle. This is what you said a minute ago that is really sticking with me that I would love to spend a little time chatting here. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. You know, I don't have to, when, when I look at the world around us right now and I see all the sin, it's not necessarily a prophecy for me to say to folks, hey guys, judgment is coming. Right. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Well, it's not, it's not prophetic I, I, from our perspective. I'm not a prophet. We look at a passage like Second Peter 3, yeah. 1 Thessalonians 4 and into 5. We know the scripture says the Lord will return and it will be a day of judgment. Well, even if I'm talking to a particular person, a person that I know is living in sin and wickedly, and I say to them, look, you, you wicked person, you liar, Mm. judgment is coming. Mm -hmm. Judgment is coming on you. I may not be talking about the end of time, um, although ultimately that's when all judgment is going to happen, I guess, even towards all the individuals. But it's just the fact that you need to understand your sins will find you out. God is going to make this right. I don't have to take my vengeance. I'm not going to take vengeance on you. I'm going to leave that into the hands of God, and I need you to know judgment is coming. Well, I appreciate what you said there, because in the face of the death of the priests, David still is not writing for revenge here. And what we read in verse 5 is God God, God yes. shall likewise God's destroy you forever. God will do this. Is that is that imprecation? You know, I think there is a little bit of that there. It, it does make me think about, I think, something we struggle with today. There, I, You know, I think that we've got a whole class and host of people that have become too moral for God. <laughs> wow, you said a lot there. Well... <laughs> There's almost a sense we and it's and it's because of what God teaches us in in, in His Word about love, mm-hmm. about the desire for forgiveness, about the desire to to um, let people overcome their sins by right. His grace and by the death of Jesus Christ, and in the message of that grace and that love, I sometimes fear we have lost the message of how awful sin really is. Yeah. Yeah. So someone we, we we skip over and, and even in the way we talk about it. We're like, well look, there's bad news and there's good news. And we get through that bad news just as quick as we can because we want it we want you to appreciate the good news. Well, we don't like to talk about sin, and yet we must be convicted of sin. And that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit comes in the world to do. According to John chapter sixteen, he's going to convict the world of sin. We gotta understand their sin, we gotta understand God's attitude towards it judgment to befall it all that needs to be crystal clear to ever appreciate this son of god dying upon a cross crucifixion what that's about is there are we living in an age where folks believe that there is no sin that's actually worthy of real judgment or no god that's willing to judge sin (laughs) so here's why when we talk about the fact that judgment is coming Mm-hmm. We're talking about the fact that judgment really is deserved. Yeah. 
And we have an idea. And I, I wonder I wonder if in our culture, if in our society, if the reason why we've ultimately kind of pushed back against this idea of judgment is because there's the part of us that starts to realize that if I start saying anyone deserves judgment, ultimately, I'm probably going to end up on that list. Well, if we're honest about it, we realize I am not perfect. I am not sinless. And we admit that in kind of an accommodating way. I mean, nobody is. Nobody is. We're nobody all just is. human. Only Jesus is perfect. Yeah. But, you know, but the truth of that means actually what I deserve is God's wrath and the perdition of ungodly men because I've been an ungodly person. And I might try to take some sick comfort in comparing myself to someone else who's been more ungodly in my view, but actually that doesn't get me out of the ungodly column. Yeah, yeah. And so I start, I probably what happens is I start at the level of, I mean, I know I'm not perfect, I'm only human, but I don't deserve hell. I mean, I haven't done something so bad as to deserve being separated from God for all eternity. I mean, I didn't take out my sword and go murder all of the priests of God. Yeah. So, <laughs> like Doeg did. And then I add into that the fact that, well, I don't want any of my kids to suffer that. Well, no, I don't want that for my And then I start thinking about my friends, and I don't want any of them to suffer that. No. And and even as we move on, and I start thinking about some of the people I know and I love who have done some things. I mean, look, hey, I've got people I know and love in my family who have murdered people. They're in prison right now Mm -hmm. for murder. Mm -hmm. That's in my family. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, I don't want them to go to hell. Why are you backing away from me right now? <laughs> Why is your face so red? <laughs> um, so, so I start to say, you know, really, is there anything that bad that deserves right. to be separated from God? And because all of us know them because they're close to us, because we care about them, because we love them. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't have a problem with Hitler going to hell. No. Um, but. So I guess what I'm walking through in my mind here in Psalm 52, there is a recognition that sin deserves judgment. Yeah. Sin deserves judgment. My sin deserves judgment. And the problem is, as I try to justify myself, I end up justifying everything. When the reality is, I need to recognize my own condemnation, and what it demonstrates is that, well, all have been charged with sin. Yeah, All have demonstrated that we've chosen something other than God. Can I point out something else? And you know, maybe this conversation helps to, to clarify this in our minds a little bit, but in this business about judgment is coming and talking about God destroying the evil one, In verse 6, it says, the righteous also shall see and fear. God's judgment upon the wicked is to be a lesson, even to those who are pursuing righteousness, about his justice and about we don't want to make choices and violate the will of God to where we become the wicked people and would suffer his same judgment. You know, there is a beauty in learning lessons, learning all the lessons, right? The good examples to follow, but to be warned away from those that do evil because look at their end. 
Last week in Psalm 51, it was such a pleasant feeling to talk about how big and serious sin is, but then to talk about how big and wonderful our God is for forgiving it. Yeah. This yeah. week as I come to Psalm 52, I, I, I think that what I have a natural tendency to do, and we as humans have a natural tendency to do, is want to not talk about what a big deal sin is. Correct. I mean, maybe there are some sins that are big deals. Well, you, you mentioned Hitler a moment ago, and it seems like everybody's really quick to talk about the Holocaust and yeah. tie it to all sorts of things. That one's a big deal. Yeah. My sins, I mean, they're not like that, so they're not a big deal. So, um, you know, maybe it's a, it's a good thing these two psalms are coupled together for us to remember. You know, back when we were talking about God's forgiveness of big sins, we were happy to talk about how big sins can be. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about his judgment, we want to actually kind of like minimize most mm. of our sins. Um, I, I see this picture of judgment is coming as really going in two different directions. There's the one direction that says to Doeg and or Saul, hey, you guys are boasting right now. You think that you've accomplished this wickedness and this evil, and you're going to be okay. And I'm just telling you, God's steadfast love, mm-hmm. his chesed, uh, as the New Living Translation called it, is justice. It, it lasts all day long. You, you may think you've gotten away with something, but you're not. Judgment right, is coming. Right, right. And then there's the other side. There's the David side. As David is wandering in the wilderness, hiding in caves, wondering how it's all going to turn out next, he's able to say, judgment is coming. And I know that judgment is going to come on those who are opposed to God, opposed to his people, opposed to his chosen one. And so, you know, the yeah, judgment yeah. as warning, but then also judgment as comfort. Yeah. yeah. And uh, those, those are two pictures that we need to see in this. Judgment is coming. Why don't you go ahead and wrap up with prayer? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for this psalm. Uh, it's moved us, Father, to go back and look at a, a dark moment in the history of your people and and even the murder of priests and, and terrifying all that situation is. But it moved David to write this psalm to tell us about judgment and encouragement for the wicked to repent and to seek the forgiveness in you where it might be found, the comfort to those who are righteous and find themselves afflicted and afraid of the wicked. Father, you are there. You hear our prayer, and one day you will judge. And we pray, Father, that we might be among your righteous people on that day through Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, you can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.